Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rainbow Road. I am your host, Travis. Joining us once again is Mike. Mike, how you doing, buddy? Amazing. It's a beautiful day here in Toronto. Weather is gorgeous, so naturally we are in our closets. Yes, and we are back, back again for another episode. We are risen. It is Easter Sunday as we record. Uh, Joining us is two lovely friends. First off, coming back again is Ashley Park, games writer and television writer. How you doing, Ashley? Good. I'm excited to be back. Yay! And joining us for the first time is Miss Kara Couture, uh, a drag streamer and all-around wonderful person. Kara, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. It's my first time doing a podcast, so... Oh, really? Okay, cool. Yes! <laughs> well, we're so glad you came to join us, uh, because you are an expert in this game, as we've discovered. Uh, this week, we are talking about Hades. Hades is a roguelike action dungeon crawler released for early access in December 2018 and fully released for PC and Switch in September of 2020. This is the latest game from indie darling Supergiant, who have previously released hits like Bastion, Transistor, and Pyre, which are all bangers. If you have not played them, please go play them. Uh, The game is received with overwhelming praise and won countless Game of the Year awards despite being an indie game and also made by a studio that has robust anti-crunch policies in place. Thank you, Supergiant. As always, this game is best played before the podcast. We will be having spoilers, sort of. The tricky thing about Hades is that you never really know when you're done with it. So I can't promise that we will touch on specific things or won't touch on specific things. So try to have your fill of it before jumping in and joining us today. And with that, let's dive in. Hades. So how did you guys come about this game? Did you jump in with early access? Did you get it when it came to the Switch? Uh, Starting with you, Mike. Uh, Yeah, I got it on the Switch, and uh, it's definitely been an interesting playthrough. Uh, Now, you mentioned it's a a roguelike game. Like, Travis, what what is a roguelike game? Okay, so it's a difficult definition. They actually had, like, a giant meeting of game designers to discuss what is specifically a roguelike game. It harkens back to the original game called Rogue, which was a procedurally generated dungeon crawler, which means that every time you play, you have different layouts, different enemies... And it is trying to change up your experience every time you play. Um, Famous roguelikes would include FTL Faster Than Light, uh, Spelunky, Into the Breach. And it's designed to have short run-throughs with permanent death included. Uh, So this includes Hades, of course, where you're only playing for maybe about 20 to 30 minutes at a time. And then once the run is over, either because you succeeded or failed, it it is done and you have to do it all over again in an entirely different way. Okay. Have you played anything like that before? I I thought I had until you (laughs) explained exactly what it is. I thought Diablo was kind of in that category, but I feel like... Not exactly, no. Yeah, permanent death is only part of that game if you play on hardcore mode, so... Uh, yeah, I can't really say that I've played anything specifically. I'm not really one for, uh, permanence. (laughs) We do stand fluidity here on Rainbow Road. Uh, Ashley, what about you? Have you played a lot of roguelikes? No, I haven't. If I played roguelike games, they were probably just, like, dumb browser games I play on my computer when I didn't have a video (laughs) game system. (laughs) Or just, like, on mobile, like, you know, like, uh, waiting on my commute. I miss my commute. That's, that's a whole lot other tangent that's depressing that we <laughs> <miss the commute. laughs> what about you Kara? 
beforehand, I was like, oh, I've played some things with like roguelike elements, like a couple of the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games, like yes. that, that one little section of Stardew Valley that I'm not good at. But <laughs> other than that, really not any like roguelike elements. I've played like a couple here and there and like it doesn't always click with me. Yeah. So I was surprised that Hades like checked every box. Oh, that's so good. I'm glad you enjoyed it then. Well, I mean, I, of course, you have so much experience with it. <laughs> Personally, I love roguelikes, which is weird because I usually play video games for the story. And historically, roguelikes have been very weak on the story because it needs to change every time. And it's only designed to be played for 20 to 30 minutes at a time. But I have sunk... Uh, I want to say 600 hours into FTL. Oh my like, god! <laughs> I don't know. Over I don't know, like a decade at this point. Um, but I I love roguelikes. They're my favorite in terms of gameplay mechanics. So I was really taken aback at how well they managed to weave narrative into a roguelike structure with this. Um, what did you guys think of the narrative through the roguelike structure? Of like, you die, you come back, you go back to the house of Hades, and you chat with people. Um, what did you think of it, Kara? Um, for me, I honestly think that's what got me hooked so early. Like I, I did my first run of it on a stream and after that first run and that first death and I got back to the house, my immediate thought was, oh no, this is going to be a problem because <laughs> I was so wrapped in with all the characters and the individual relationships that were starting to form and just like the slow burn of the build mm-hmm. works so well within a roguelike narrative structure with the breaks in between runs. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ashley, as a games writer, how how does it feel to see this kind of new take on the uh, narrative structure for it? Do you ever like watch something or play something and you just feel that stab of envy where you're like, oh my God, I wish I thought of this. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I thought like, but yeah, it's like, I'm not someone who generally likes roguelikes um, or games that are like the mechanics are just like incredibly punishing. I know that people enjoy those because of the challenge and and learning on how to get better than that. But like, I'm just like, I don't want to fucking memorize timing and get my muscle memory on this shit. I just want to have a fucking, you know, like fun game experience. But I love when a game every element of it just beautifully dovetails together and is like so integral to each other. And I was so impressed that the mechanic of the roguelike and of having a run based game works so well with how the narrative like just unfolds. And just the fact that you die each time, it's like, yeah, of course, you're in fucking Hades, you're in the underworld, everything just fit in so well with each other. I I thought it was like, masterful. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, it's it's very in depth like everything kind of informs everything else, you know, mm-hmm. like all the relationships that you build with the different characters. It really felt like a very rich, robust world. And I think that is a testament to the the voice acting and the writing and the music too. It's, mm-hmm. you know, as video games are like this, like multi-sensory experience, right? Because you're not only, you know, it's not like you, you have music, but you also have this like cognitive element because you're playing through the game and your relationship building so there's kind of like this social element and when you craft a game that is as rich as Hades it's it's really hard to fail it's really hard to have the player walk away from that experience 
not feeling anything uh, because I feel like there's just so much time and attention put to uh, so many of the little details in the game. So I'm not surprised that it it's walked away with a lot of the ratings that it has uh, as a result. So yeah. You guys mentioned that you hadn't played roguelikes before. And I think one of the biggest obstacles I hear from people when I talk about how much I like roguelikes is they say that the permadeath is a real turnoff for them and it feels like such a, a loss and a waste and they like that feeling of progress and agency that games provide and I feel like they managed to work that in so well by making like the game expects you to die it kind of wants you to die several times before you actually reach the end it, it's a much more fulfilling and interesting experience because I feel like if you beat it on the first run you are missing out on so much of what is available to you between all the different characters and the growth between Zagreus and Hades and Zagreus and Persephone and things like that. Um, it's it's really cool. And it also matches up so well with the idea of like the myth of Sisyphus. If you, you, Do you guys remember the the one with the shackles, Suzanne Tartarus? Baldy. <laughs> yes, with Baldy, exactly. Uh, the idea of having to push a boulder up a hill and watch it roll back down again. Like it works so well with the narrative. Yeah, and I like that he was he becomes an actual character in the game. Yeah. Like it's it because it's this whole game is like Sisyphus's journey, right? Like you're pushing up the boulder and then it like falls back down. It's an ongoing, you know, eternal struggle for Sisyphus. Like that's the mythology. But I think that in the course of having those setbacks occur, you kind of discover um, more about yourself, more about the world around you. And and I think that that's when when art can imitate life in that way, I feel like it creates a, a really good experience for the player. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting how much the myth of Sisyphus and the myth of ancient Greece is still relevant to us to this day. It's a universal human experience, despite how much technology has changed our lives and culture has changed our lives and things like that. It, we can still find ways to sort of almost like Commedia del Arte these characters into something that's still relevant and interesting for us. Mm -hmm. so, so what is it that keeps you guys coming back to Hades? Because I don't, I can't speak for you guys, but I know for me, even after I beat my first run and Zagreus gets to meet Persephone, narratively, that could be an ending. I mean, of course, there's several more endings after that if you keep digging, but what is it that brings you guys back to keep playing it? Is it the mechanics? Is it the story? Is it the characters? Is it, you know, like, what draws you back to keep playing this over and over again? Um, starting with you, Anti-authoritarian, uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, like, fuck you, dad. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, that's the that's the essence of the game, right? It's like fuck you, Dad. I'm just, just that first just battle clarifying. with Hades has huge go back to your room energy. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, one hundred percent. Yeah. But Mom said I could. <laughs> uh, so, Kara, uh, what brings you back to Hades to keep playing? I when I started streaming, I had a really hard time of like separating. Um, games for streams from games that I just play for fun. And Hades was one of the first ones I did where I did it both at the same time. And then I would feel insane guilt because I would have these really big moments happen off stream. So like my first full escape happened off stream. And the second I beat Hades, I put my switch, I suspended it. And then I'm like, I'm not touching this game for four days until my next stream. And then we're going <laughs> to see what happens live. So that's how I opened the next stream that I did. But for me, a lot of it was the characters. Like that's my, my big thing, like for media in general, my biggest inspirations for my drag and just for art in general are all characters from games and different media franchises. And just the direction they took with all of these characters that we all know to some extent from just like having a working knowledge of Greek mythology 
and just the direction they took them in and the characterization that each of them had, mm-hmm. it, I, I just kept wanting to see how far that would go. Yeah. Uh, listeners, if you have not seen it, we'll be retweeting all of it from our account. But go find Kara's stream, which is fantastic, and go find her Twitter account and see that she is dressed up as every, well, not every, but most of the Hades characters. And oh my God, every single one is a serve. Oh, really? That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, Mike, I didn't send Thank them you. to you. No. <laughs> They're so good. Thank you. Yeah. They're so because good. Because for me, like my basement that I stream out of is insanely cold in the winter. I live in central Illinois. So it gets to be like 57 degrees Fahrenheit in my mm-hmm. basement. And none of my drag is thermal. So <laughs> I was like, I need a workaround. And since I'm also an illustrator, I started doing this series with Hades, doing makeup inspired by different characters. And then a couple days later in the week, I would do an art stream and I would draw the rest of the character around it. Um, that's sort of like become my that's thing. That's super, <laughs> super cool. Thank you. So that's what was drawing you back in. <laughs> yeah, that too. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to make the pun. I had to. <laughs> it's fine. Fuck you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ashley, what keeps bringing you back to Hades? It took me a long time to have a full escape, like an embarrassingly <laughs> long time. <laughs> I died a lot. Here's a question: Did anyone use God mode? Oh yeah, I had no. to. I'm a wuss. I absolutely had to use God mode the whole time. There's a God mode. Yes. Oh, no. no. It's like God mode is like if you turn it on, every time you die, the next run, you get like a damage buff where you'll take like 2% less damage each time. And for me to finally like, oh, my God, I'm like, I'm embarrassed to say like how much of a damage buff I had to get through the whole game. (laughs) But it was like we, we, we hit an upper limit. Because I just suck at these games. Like, I suck at these kinds of mechanics. But I wanted the story. Like, each time okay. you manage to make a full escape, you get a bit more of a conversation with Persephone. A, a little bit more. A little bit more. Yeah. Every time you go through one of the different realms. And, like, it's completely random if you get to run into another one of the characters. So, like, every time I went to Elysium, I always wanted to run into Patroclus. But there was, you know, like, a random chance that you could. Mm-hmm. So I kept doing runs over and over again. And there was definitely that sense of, like, I can't put this game down. The second I'd finish a run, I'd be like, oh, fuck, I have to go back in again because I want to know more. And I loved that Zagreus's motivation was... Kind of like dramatic because it is the Greeks and the Olympians are just like one huge family soap opera. But it was like, I'm literally going to go through all of hell again and again and again for love, for my mother, for Mm -hmm. any of the hot Greeks you might want to, you know, romance along the way. But like, I love that that motivation drove him and it drove me when I was playing where I'm like, I just want to, I just want to keep talking to her. I want to, I want to find out more. Yeah, I think this kind of marks the first time for me where even though I always play for the story, in my brain, it's always, I want to see what happens next. With Hades, this was the first time that I ever felt like Zagreus was a real person that I wanted to have a happy ending for. So it wasn't just about, I want to see what happens next. It's, Zagreus deserves to see his mom. I know. So, yeah, like, I felt that's that why too. I was playing. <laughs> it, was, it was really cool. Uh, Mike, what keeps you coming back to Hades? I'm sorry. I'm still feeling very ashamed because I... I actually did not get to Elysium. I still have yet to get through the oh. game. Oh, no. And I've played a depressing amount of times. Oh, so we've just spoiled it for you. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I've, well, now you know God Mode exists, and you can use it. 
<laughs> and I intend to. Yeah, and it's and it's funny because my roommates and I we've been sitting around and alternating and trying to like get through it. And I we got so happy because we got to the point where we beat Hades. And then he turns around and has another freaking health bar. Yeah. And so that's basically <laughs> where we're at right now. Um, so I was like, all right, well, you know what? I got to do this show. So um, I'm just, I have to accept the fact that there are going to be spoilers. But, you know, you kind of get hints of what's going to happen because in the, in like the context menus and stuff, they're like, oh, like which of the Olympian gods have you like met? And I'm like, man, I'm not even, not even close to there yet. <laughs> but um, sorry, what was the question? Uh, what keeps you coming back to Hades? Like why... <laughs> Why is it to finally beat the damn thing? Or is it yeah, uh, sheer tenacity, I guess, and uh, <laughs> and like you said, Zagreus, he's a he's a very compelling character, and I, he I hear that he, the same guy who voices him, he also did some of the music for the game. Mm-hmm. He did. It's kind of crazy. He also voiced Skelly. That's yes, great. He does. I love Skelly. <laughs> Drastically different characters because Zagreus is kind of just a uh, like down here low, and then Skelly's just like this weird. He's like up here and. Like, you know, so it's like, this guy's got range. Like Joe you know? Pesci. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah exactly. come on, boyo. <laughs> come on, boyo. Less yakking, more smacking. I have this insane headcanon that Skelly's Philoctetes. <laughs> like, did you guys? Like Danny DeVito. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, he's a trainer of heroes. And now that he's in the underworld, like, no one remembers his name, but he's still there to, like, train Zagreus. And he's kind of got that resume that I'm just like, you're fucking Danny DeVito. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, speaking of, uh, sorry, Mike had talked about the ending a second ago. How did you guys feel the first time you saw Cerberus at the door? Like, what was going through your mind? Kara, what did you think when you saw Cerberus? <laughs> oh. So this was another moment that happened on stream. And one of my uh, community members was like, you could just see the panic in your eyes because you're like, you're going to have to fight the dog. And I was like, I don't want to kill my dog. (laughs) And then um, one of my other friends who played, he's like, it's fine. Don't worry. You don't have to do that. So I like like this massive sigh of relief, but I was very worried for a moment. <laughs> yeah, I know, same. I had to ask Maddie to leave the room because like they love dogs. Uh, and I was like, Maddie, I don't want you to see this. I need you to go step outside of the balcony for a minute. <laughs> So another thing that really drew a lot of people, and I know Kara said something similar, were the characters themselves, you know, the gods and the goddesses. Who was your favorite character, either because of, like, their mechanics or because of their personality or their design? Uh, Mike, who is, like, your favorite character that you got to meet in the underworld? I feel like Death and Zagreus have an interesting relationship. And so I would I want to say death, but I also enjoyed playing through with my roommates because he kept referring to Dionysus as drunk dad. <laughs> and so like I feel I feel like that just kind of stuck. And every time I'll be like, oh sweet, I'm gonna go with drunk dad's boon, you know? And so uh it's it's sort of between those two. And you know, of course, you know, we just talked about him, Cerberus, like the three-headed dog. There's something also about having the the familiar, you know, like the the like nonverbal mm-hmm. uh, animal character along for the ride as well. Yeah, it's hard for me to pick, but I guess between those three. I always made sure to pet Cerberus if he was there. Yes, yeah, of course. You, you can't not. <laughs> yeah, the goodest boy in the underworld. <laughs> He's the goodest boy. There's actually this video online of the devs talking about how much work it was to put that in, but how important it was to them at the same time to make sure that that was an option for the characters. That's, like, that's priorities that's really right there. <laughs> Honestly, I know, right? Well, Travis, who is wait, Travis, who is your favorite character? 
my go-to is a sassy grandma. So Demeter it has <laughs> stolen my heart. Like Anna in Overwatch, uh, Demeter in Hades, like a sassy grandma is is what I'm here for. I also, yeah, you mentioned the relationship between death and Zagreus. Like we Stanatos, Thanatos. He's mm-hmm. he's great. It was really interesting to see his uh, development as well. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of torn between those two. Ashley, who would you pick? I love so many of them. Like I, I definitely yeah. was like a huge... Greek mythology and like mythology in general nerd growing up. And I I still really love it. And my favorite myths and gods or whatever all came from the underworld. Like Hades and Persephone was my favorite myth. And I loved the legend of Sisyphus and Orpheus and Eurydice. So like, like everybody was there. Everybody I liked, like all showed up in this game and it was great. So it's really Mm. hard to pick one. But I think that like my favorite moment when I was playing is the first time I got to the fields of Asphodel and I... Uh, found Eurydice and she is just singing I remember just like putting down the controller and just like staying there for a few minutes just to hear the whole song and it just felt so magical Mm -hmm. and I always love whenever I get to encounter her again and even being able to kind of play that storyline of like kind of reconciling her and Orpheus is like so beautiful and then I finally got Orpheus to sing again once he shows up in the Hades sort of lounge and like the first time I heard him singing Eurydice's song and like they picked a really like unique choice for his voice too. Like I read somewhere that they modeled him mm-hmm. after Tom York from Radiohead, but like that, that version of the song like sent like, like goosebumps, like going up my arms. It was like so eerie and like so crazy. It was great. Yeah. The sort of like high, thin, reedy mm-hmm. voice that he has. Yeah. But then it kind of has that weird like rock kind of grit under it too. It was like, it was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Was he voiced? by a woman because i feel like his voice was so high no he was voiced by the composer yeah oh so also but is that also the same person that played zagreus though yep i think that his singing voice was the composer and then yeah and then he was voiced by just like another one of the voice cast yeah the singing voices for orpheus and eurydice were different voices than their um talking ones Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Caro, who are your favorite characters? Um, I'm also in, in the same boat as Ashley of just like loving everybody. I think they're all fleshed <laughs> out so well. I love Dionysus. We call him Thionysus on, on Twitch. <laughs> Wait, you call him what? Thionysus? <laughs> that, I mean, th- he's got him. Why not use him to crush the grapes to make the wine? <laughs> but, uh, like, <laughs> Honestly, if you haven't watched like a queer streamer, especially like a drag streamer stream Hades, you absolutely should because the chats are wild in the best ways. <laughs> but yeah, like like we, we love Thionysus. Um, we I, I'm also like a really big fan of Artemis. As from a mechanic standpoint, I love stacking crit damage. Yeah, and like same. putting with everything else. But also the thing that really like clinched me on her as a character. Um, was when I got her duo boon with Zeus. Zeus is basically like, oh, have you met my daughter Artemis? She might be a potentially a great mate for you. And he basically tries to like set you up with her. And then when she shows up, she's like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, she's like, I'm helping you get out so we can go hunting. But like, I don't, I'm not interested in that. Don't listen to him. I just picture her having this like conversation, like trying to get it into Zeus's head. Like, dad, I'm a friend of the nymphs. 
Exactly. I want to go hang out with the nips. Exactly. <laughs> Not to this kid. I'm trying to think who else I really like. I love all of the romanceable characters having some sort of like interwoven relationship between them, especially mm-hmm. Thanatos and Megara. When you have conversations with one of them, sometimes they'll bring up their individual relationship with the other and how they're like just really good friends. And I just, I just love to see it. Yes, polyamory, come through. That too, right? <laughs> So did you guys get a chance to explore the queer and poly relationships in this? Uh, Mike, I, I don't know how much of it you got to play. I feel like I'm, I'm missing out on a good portion of the game as a result. But n- no, like I gave gifts to people. Like I gave Ambrosia a couple of times, but I never, no one was like, hey, thanks. You want to go hook up or anything? Is that like, does that happen? Or, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a thing. I feel like the sad person who's like, oh, you hook up with people? I said, how do I? Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done that. Uh, oh, I mean, I've, I, I mean, I have. Just kidding. I uh, totally. Uh, no, I didn't. Get you're to making explore. me think of like this one guy who was in high school with me. I was the only out gay guy, and then he came along. He was like three years younger than me, so he like stuck to me like glue. And he unfortunately was so uncomfortable and awkward. The poor thing. And one time while I was hanging out with friends from another school, he happened upon us. And while we were chatting, he looked at the rest of the group. He was like, "Oh my god, are you guys like?" And then whispered. LGBT. <laughs> I bless him. <laughs> I was like, yes, honey, we're gay. <laughs> oh my god. So did you guys did you guys have did you guys have poly relationships with the characters? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um well Ashley, did you get to explore it at all or basically I hit a point in the game where I just became a nectar producing machine so I could just dose <laughs> as many people with the love juice as possible like again it, it's hard for me to like pick a favorite but like Meg Ugh. oh my gosh oh, she, that she, voice. she has uh, the sexiest the, voice in the whole the vocal game fry. <laughs> that uh. one was weird because I personally just was like Meg 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 but when I was playing for Zagreus I, I felt like I was trying to do things for Zagreus the character like I really got invested in him that I'm just like I think you belong with Than and we're gonna make sure that you end up with Than and so I'm gonna save all my nectar for the next time we encounter Thanatos but then Meg would show up and I'd just be like love juice love juice love juice <laughs> so I, I definitely romance both of them there, there is this fun element of like now kith like you get to just sort of match make the yes. people <laughs> Now you're going to be with this person. But I do love that they're ancient Greeks that they're just like, yeah, it doesn't matter. What's monogamy? <laughs> we're, the, yeah. we're Greek gods. Yeah, like Thanatos and Megar will both make comments about the fact that you have, you know, slept with the other. And they're so cool with it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing negative or snipey about it. It's just very matter of fact, casual. Like, yeah, that's that's awesome. I think that's really cool. Uh, and then, of course, there's Achilles and Patroclus, who you get to sort of look up to as, like, older gay mentors. Oh, my God, kind of. hot, sad oh, dad. That storyline was so good. That's the thing. It's like, <laughs> I loved Achilles so, so much. much. I kept giving him love juice, too. Because, again, I was also like, oh, hot, sad dad. Uh, I just wanted to get, <laughs> I just wanted to reunite him with Patroclus as well. And there did come a point when, like, I kept giving him so much nectar that he was like, I'm sorry, son. You know that my heart like only belongs to one person. I was just like, I know. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) I love them. Uh, You know what's funny? Actually, Ashley, the last time I think you were on was the Mass Effect episode. And Anthony had said something along the lines of, you know, uh, Caden and Shepard are like Achilles Achilles and Patroclus. Patroclus thing, yeah. Love on the battlefield. And 
I actually, this goes to show you the shitty public education that I got. I didn't know that they were gay lovers. I didn't know so either. I, 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 Same. So as soon as the episode was over, I went and I looked that up and I'm like, oh my God, that's a thing? Like, Legit, because no. we did that episode with Anthony, I was like, oh, Achilles and Patroclus was a thing. And then when I started playing Hades and I met Patroclus, I'm like, please let it be. Please let this be a yes, thing. Exactly. And it was, and it was so oh, heartbreaking. Oh. I also love that in Elysium, you've got um, the bull and Theseus. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, is his name Asterius? Like the bull, like like the, the minotaur, uh, Asterius, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then like anytime Theseus shows up, I I feel like Asterius just like snorts and is like, this is like my dumb himbo husband, but he's mine. They're doing all kinds of stuff when you're not there. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. oh my God. Uh, you know, actually the thing that really struck me about Theseus was um, like, yes, obviously they're absolutely gay lovers, but it made me think of just how detailed the uh, voice lines in the game are. I once made it to Theseus with like four health or something. And as I walked in, Theseus had a line of, look at the blackguard coming in here. He can barely stand or walk and he thinks that he can take us on. One slight breeze is enough to knock him over. And I'm like, okay, read me, bitch. Like, <laughs> like you don't need to come for me like that. I know how low health I am. I know I'm not going to win this fight. Like, that is amazing you. that the game can be so reactive to that kind of thing, though. Mm-hmm. It's it's really cool. And of course, uh, the other bit of queer representation that we get is with chaos as non-binary representation using they, them pronouns uh, voiced by both a cis female and cis male actor speaking in unison, which is really cool. Oh, I was wondering what that was. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought it was neat. I, like, Carol, what did you think of, of chaos as a character? As a, a gender fluid non-binary person myself, there is nothing more non-binary than like a primordial space deity. <laughs> so I was so here for it. Like there was a meme I saw, and this was before I started playing the game because I didn't start until like January. But I saw this meme and it was like, me, my gender transition is going to be realistic. And it's like my expectations. And then the photo is just chaos. And <laughs> I was like, this this makes sense. The thing for me that really struck me is how casual it is like this the queerness in general in Hades but also like the they them the non-binary-ness of chaos mm-hmm. is just like common knowledge and just accepted nobody questions it that's how it is point blank period it just felt so nice to see that in media and in gaming in particular and i think it's also interesting when juxtaposed with these other characters who are very heightened presentations of their genders like, every man is, like, the most mask thing ever, with the exception of, I guess, Sagaris himself. But uh, And every woman is, like, so feminized at the same time as well. So it's interesting that you look at these very loud presentations, almost drag presentations of gender, and then you've got Chaos, who is so devoid from that, and it's not a problem. They don't feel the need to explain it, you know? Like, I, yeah. I think that's really cool. And Chaos also just came across as insanely powerful right like there's no question with chaos there's no way that you could ever pin chaos down all the olympians are afraid of chaos and for good reason and like i loved whenever i mean i didn't love going into the chaos gate all the time because i'm like bitch i need my health 
But I also love that Chaos Boons had that kind of like double-edged sword thing happening mm-hmm. where it's like you've got to take some kind of damage, but then you will weep for like a huge reward out of it and it's like a gamble. Mm-hmm. And like you also get a respect of how powerful Chaos is because you get a respect of how powerful Nyx is. Like there's multiple times where Hades will try to sass her and she will just quietly go, remember whose house this is? You run it, but it's mine. And he like backs down. <laughs> yeah, night, night mama. You Like Hades is a powerful character. Nyx is more powerful than him and Chaos is more powerful than her. So like, it's, yeah, it's really cool. If they were to come out with some kind of like DLC, is there any like mythical Greek figure that you would really want to see included either for the mechanical abilities or for the storyline or anything like that? Like, is there anyone that jumps out to you, Mike? I don't know if this is, I'm just going to say it. I would really love to see Xena in this game. (laughs) (laughs) With no explanation whatsoever. I would love it. I would love it. uh, And I would also love it if it were voiced by Lucy Lawless. uh, Oh, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. We had The Last of Us, remember? And then in The Last of Us 2, you're kind of playing as Ellie, right? But it's like, what if you were like Zagreus in this one? And then xena in the next one i'm just saying the developers can feel free to use that idea or you know what i would settle for like a xena like character that would that would that would do me um but no i'm curious to hear what, what do you guys if there was another greek like a legit greek figure who would you pick so many like i said i'm like a greek myth nerd right um i think it'd be so cool to meet pandora and if pandora's box could be kind of like the chaos gate and like some kind of crazy boon that can just like spit out random things that could be good or bad or both. Oh, I love that. Because we were talking about chaos and this is something that I remember not knowing about it at first and then learning that there is the god Hermaphroditus. And I've never seen Hermaphroditus really represented in media. And it's a shame because like they are literally the intersex god of the Greek pantheon. Yeah, that would be super cool. Like, that's where the term hermaphrodite came from. They came from this god. And so I think that would have been, it would have been cool just if we're going to, like, add some more Olympians into the roster of, like, your cousins that you can talk to or even just, like, the uh-huh. other chthonic gods that you can meet in the underworld. They would have been, like, such a cool character to encounter. That's really cool. I never even thought of that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kara, do you have anyone that like jumps out to you that you'd want to see? So I'm I'm a big Shin Megami Tensei fan, and like that whole franchise is just deities from different world mythologies. And I would love to see Hera brought yes. in. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, know how totally. her mechanics would work. I want to see her just be like this really petty bitch <laughs> because of Zeus. And him sleeping around and all of these kids. And I don't, I I think she would be really fun. I would also love to see Apollo worked in. Yes. And maybe have his mechanics sound based. Oh, there's an idea. And like really play up like the god of music and then have like kind of an Orpheus thing, you know, and have the lyre in um, your room be like, that becomes your weapon. Like, That's a really cool idea. I feel like just more weapons in general would be really fun to play with. Like, I would love to do a run using, like, Meg's whip. Yep. Oh, that'd be cool. Mm -hmm. The lineup they have of gods is really strong already. I don't think they would need to add a lot. But I think if they gave more playstyle options, that would add a lot of replayability into it when there's already a lot to begin with. That's really cool. I love that idea. I would love to see Icarus. If our listeners don't know the story of Daedalus and Icarus, Daedalus is the uh, inventor who makes all of the weapon upgrades that you can get in your runs. And his son, Icarus, Daedalus built him 
a set of wings so that he could fly, but the wings were made of wax, or at least holding the feathers together was wax, and so when he flew too close to the sun, they melted and he fell to the ground and died. Womp womp. I think they can make like a really neat mirror for Zagreus of learning to forgive your father for what he did to you. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And also yeah. of like two heroes that try to go beyond where they were and like reach the skies or reach Olympus or whatever and like fell. But Zagreus yeah, can get absolutely. back up again and keep doing it and Icarus died. <laughs> and I feel like you could work it well into the Daedalus mechanic that like you could actually reunite them if you used every single Daedalus boon if you manage to check them all off on the list of prophecies or whatever, then you could reunite them and have like their final conversation with each other. And maybe you could even get like a set of wings as like a, to fly around the levels. I I don't know. It's just ideas, but I think it'd be fun. And then it wouldn't, (laughs) it wouldn't be so much of a fuck you dad as I love you dad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's where we all want to get eventually, right? That's all we want to be eventually. (laughs) Before we close it, were there any other closing thoughts that you guys wanted to throw in about the game? Anything else that you truly loved or wanted to talk about? Um, Starting with you, Mike. Uh, I want to beat the game. <laughs> I'm. We're, I'm going to finish. Well, the, now you know God mode's a thing. Yeah, I'm going to finish. The, we're going to finish the show. I'm going to go figure. How do, how do you turn it on? Is there a switch? Uh, it's just in the options menu. There's a setting yeah. called God mode. Okay, cool. I know this, this is riveting content. <laughs> uh, how do you turn on this one setting in the game? Okay, cool. <laughs> this is the the goal that people come here to our show for. Uh, but yeah, in options. Hey, accessibility is something that we absolutely love, and we want to share with others. That's very true. And yeah. however you choose to experience a game, whether it's as the devs intended, whether it's with cheats or accessibility options, whether it's through a stream, that's valid. However, oh, you want to shit. Play the game. That was good. You, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, any closing thoughts? I'm curious, as I think that you've actually like progressed further in the game than I have, but um, after you kind of like reunite Hades and Persephone, like, have you found any other content beyond that point? Yes. Yeah. Uh, a spoiler alert here for anyone who hasn't, but uh, per- if you manage to do 10 runs, Persephone will join you in the underworld as the queen, and you were hired on by Hades as a permanent security consultant to keep breaking your way out again. <laughs> oh, I love that. They still give you a reason to keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's other reasons as well. There's a lot of stuff that goes on with the Olympians afterwards that I haven't even reached uh, that I really want to see. So yeah, it, it just doesn't end. It is endless content. I never got a repeating line. I got like... 40 runs into the game before they changed up one of the boss's names on me. Like, it's... <laughs> oh, I love that it's he really renames cool. the Bone Hydra and he just starts calling it Lanny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lurney. Oh, yeah, Lurney. Lurney. That's right. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, there's always more to come back to, which is really cool. Kara, anything else you wanted to talk about before we go? I guess if Supergiant happens to listen to this episode, <laughs> maybe, maybe consider making more things in the same vein as Hades, but, like, with other world mythologies, perhaps. Like, I would love, like, an Egypt version. Or, like, a Norse mythology. Imagine, like, a Norse one with Loki. That, too. I mean, the fact that the hidden aspects, spoilers, but the hidden aspects of the weapons all tie to different world mythologies, there's an interconnectedness there that they could really run with. And I I would love to see it. (laughs) Like a Hades cinematic universe, or, like, a, I guess a Hades ludic universe, but still. Yes. (laughs) Just a god's cinematic universe i think smite does that actually <laughs> yeah that's actually kind of it <laughs> okay well uh I, we will have to wrap it up so thank you so much everyone for joining us before we go we're going to ask our classic question uh starting with you kara uh what you playing oddly enough i just got into smite <laughs> nice <laughs> um so i've been playing a lot of that um 
there's a, a few uh, drag streamers who, in the next couple weeks, we're going to be doing a uh, collaboration event, dressing as different mythological figures, doing some spy games together. But I've also been really getting into this indie game called Littlewood. Oh, okay. And it's like, it sort of has like Stardew Valley vibes, but also Dark Cloud. The premise of it is basically like you're the hero of a JRPG and you have saved the world from this great evil You've lost all your memories as a result of it. And now, like, the world is sort of in, like, disarray. Nobody has homes. Everything's kind of chaotic. And it's on you to rebuild the world in a time of peace. And it's so cute. The characters are adorable. It's just, it's really fun. There are these little goblins called gobbies, and they just speak in gibberish, and they're adorable. I love it. I love that. That's so cute. Adding that to my Steam wish list. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Okay, uh, Ashley, what about you? What's your plan? This weekend, I actually picked up the second The Outer Worlds DLC, uh, Murder on Iridanos. I'm like late going through my stack of shit to play. So I wanted to finish the first DLC before going into the second one. So I just, I finished Peril on Gorgon yesterday and I'm going to jump into Murder on Iridanos tonight. And I'm really excited because it's like a neo-noir murder mystery and it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, Ooh. awesome. Well, then maybe we'll just have to have you back for our Outer Worlds episode when one day we do it. I'm <laughs> trash <laughs> for Outer Worlds. I'll come, I'll do it. <laughs> yes. Okay, all right. I'm booking it now. It's happening. Uh, Mike, what you playing? Just Smash Bros. Just a lot of Smash Bros. <laughs> this week. I've been, I've been working like 14-hour, 16-hour days on set every day, and so it hasn't left a lot of time for anything but... Uh, and a little Overwatch, just the standbys, you know. Cool, very cool. Yeah. Maddie and I just had our fifth anniversary a oh, couple congrats. days ago. Congratulations. Ah, thank you. And we got um, It Takes Two as our little anniversary present for each other, uh, which is a co-op puzzle platformer. Hmm. A couch co-op, I should say, which is what's really cool because couch co-op just doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and I'm really happy to see it. Uh, so yeah, we've been playing that. It's... Um, it's a little challenging, but it's fun. Uh, we love the puzzles. We don't love the boss fights. Maddie doesn't really love them. <laughs> but uh, the puzzles are really challenging and interesting, which is really cool. And we're, we're having a lot of fun with it. It's like following the story of um, a couple that is fighting and their kid knows that they're about to get a divorce. So she ends up casting a spell to turn them into little dolls and forcing them to try to work out their issues. It's, it's neat. That'd be a really bleak game if it ends in the divorce. <laughs> I, I don't know what to hope for, honestly. <laughs> but we'll see how it turns out. I don't know. I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, so I think that's going to do it for us today over on Rainbow Road. Uh, Mike, thanks so much again for joining us. Mm-hmm, thank you. Kara, where can we find you? Yeah, so um, you can find me on Twitter at Kara underscore Couture, on Instagram at Kara Couture, and uh, twitch.tv backslash Kara Couture as well. Excellent. And we will be throwing all of that up on our Twitter page if you guys follow us there. And Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. It's always so lovely to have you. And we will see you on our Outer Worlds episode when we one day do it. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. This has been Rainbow Road. If you liked this episode, follow us on Twitter at Rainbow Road Pod or get in touch with us for future episodes at Rainbow Road Podcast at gmail.com. And a big thank you to all of our guests today and our producer, Matt Kennar. Thanks for listening to Rainbow Road.